Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Welcome to the Become Fire podcast. It's Brother Paul. I'm back after a hiatus of a couple weeks. It's a pleasure to be back. Uh, my esteemed colleagues have been holding down the fort. I'm here with Father Peter Teresa McConnell and Father Anthony Tinker. We've missed you, Brother Paul. It's good to have you. Father Anthony, it is so good to see you. <laughs> it is so good to be back. I feel the same way. Yes, yes. I have missed doing the podcast with you, most mm-hmm. certainly. Is it, is it good to see me, Brother Paul? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, what are we anyway. <laughs> but anyways, we'll just move on to our yeah, coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I know you love me. No, no, I do, I do love Father Peter Teresa. No, it's been, but it is good to be back. What did you guys, what were the past, catch me up a little bit. Give us a recap. If you guys want to come join us for the podcast, Amen. they're up and about. We talked about, uh, we did like a Q&A last time. We talked a little bit about like- How did you do Q&A? Life. Like to each other or? We we took some questions from the people of God. Things I've always wanted to ask priests or religious. It's kind of like, what have you always wanted? Like, what, really? have you, what do you wear? Where did you guys it? get the questions? Just from the people of God. <laughs> okay. Okay. That sounds like, uh, that sounds like you guys typed into Google, like things to ask priests. <laughs> no, no, no. The staff was very helpful. Okay. Very yes, helpful. yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, we finished so, our series on setting the captives free. It was fitting that you did questions to the priest while the brother was gone. Well, it was also in religious. You could have contributed. Okay. Okay. Yes. We finished up. So we talked about uh, the, uh, Paul and his imprisonment, mm-hmm. Peter and his imprisonment. So we missed you. I think, I think you've been gone for three weeks. So we missed you for uh, the imprisonment. Wow. The just yes. yes. No, I've been just hanging out in the friary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on that note, uh, you can... Listen to all of those previous podcasts at all of the places that they have podcasts, mm-hmm. like Spotify, iTunes, Spotify, iTunes. maybe SoundCloud, not entirely sure. For sure, SoundCloud. But you can find those all there. Make sure to like and subscribe. It helps out a lot. Woohoo! Let a friend know. Let a family member know. Send it to someone who's, Spread who's that who needs word. some some faith, who needs a word of encouragement. Amen. Maybe a couple of chuckles at some... Silly religious, but we're here yeah. for it all. We're here for it all. Everything, whatever draws you. I mean, whatever draws you. Whatever might be draws because you. Love it. Might be because you laugh at us. Might that's be right. That's you're right. To critique us. Whatever us the reason up. is, we're not above it. We just want the likes and subscriptions. <laughs> we will do anything. <laughs> He's juggling right now. <laughs> yeah. you. Oh, that's great. Uh, Maybe one day we'll, we'll have a video component to this. Yeah, then, we, then we'd really have to get our act together. Yeah, we would definitely need to change the setup. <laughs> <laughs> But on that note, on a much more serious note, uh, tomorrow uh, we're recording this podcast on a Tuesday. No, we're already by the time you listen to this, Len has happened. That's what I'm saying. But as of right now, we are in Mardi Gras. Yes. we're doing it. We're we're eating all of the meats mm. and the cheeses and the desserts. Yeah, but we're going into a holy season. Amen. A penitential season, but most certainly a holy season as we prepare uh, to go on this Lenten journey uh, with the Lord. Amen. As we experience uh, his death and the trials that he goes through to, to bring about our salvation in such a wondrous way. And so for this season of Lent, we're going to be reflecting uh, over the next several uh, series of podcasts over the last words of Christ from the cross. Yeah. And I would just say that these are, these are beautiful things to meditate on. And that we always say to you that uh, usually the most important words someone mm-hmm. would say would be on their deathbed. Mm-hmm. Because they're your last ones. 
And so we know that there's a preeminence within the words of Christ. There's or maybe not a preeminence, but there is there is something special. There is something uh, to pay attention to, particularly at the seven last words. And so we're going to go over those seven last words. And today we're going to start with, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Amen. And I guess my first question is, now, are all seven last words of Christ, are they in all four of the Gospels? No, you'll find them, different Gospel writers will record different um, words that, that Christ said. Mm-hmm. So some are unique to some Gospels. The things that our Lord says on the cross in John's Gospel are, are unique to him. Uh, we'll get to those as well. But uh, yeah, some of them you'll find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John together, but some of them you'll only find in in one or one or two Gospels. Do, do we know, is Father forgive them? They don't know what to do. Is that in all three synoptic Gospels? No, I think it is only in Luke. That's but a good if question. You, uh, while you're looking, while you're doing yeah. this, I will look up is it a, yeah, the answer to your question. I, I, well, in my own, I actually think Luke's passion narrative is my personal favorite. So. Really? Why is that? I love The Good Thief. Mm. I, I mean, that's why I wanted to meet with Didymus. I really do love The Good Thief. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to those words eventually, but yes. I, I get in, I like, yes. like, Lord, say that when I'm on my deathbed. <laughs> like, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Yes. A little spoiler. Yes. Um, but then also, I don't know if you like, I'm just kind of spitball too, yeah, but yeah. like, even like, where does this, because like the seven, like when you say like the seven last words of Christ, mm-hmm. there's commentaries written on this. It's like, it's like within the tradition, it's things people meditate upon. I'm sure we could find some type of, of chaplet to the seven words too. Sure, I'm yeah. sure in the Catholic world that exists out there somewhere. So do we have any idea of the history of, of the devotion to this? I would, these are going to be educated guesses yes. uh, that I know, you know, St. Bonaventure wrote reflections yes. on the, the seven last words. And I know, Marmion did as well. Uh, yes. But Bonaventure is the, the, the okay. 1200s. Okay. Yep. And so I know the Franciscans were, were great popularizers of meditating upon the passion of the Christ. The Franciscans are the ones who also introduced the stations of the cross uh, into Mater as well. the Mater, into the devotional life of the church. So I, I'm, my thought is, is that as, as the Franciscan spirituality begins to really spread through the church, that I think this is a, uh, a medieval, you know, 12th, 13th century sort of devotion, uh, that, became popular uh, mm-hmm. as we meditate, especially in this season of Lent. So we're meditating upon, you know, the Lord's passion. We, this is the season that we do Stations of the Cross. We're, um, and so that I, I think it has its roots in in that. Well, we have to give the Jesuits their props. Okay. Because it is the Jesuits who actually made it a retreat for the first time. Interesting. They, they're good at, they're okay. good at making retreats. Yes. Doing retreats. They're good at making retreats. Oh, within the 30, that's right. Missions, yes. et cetera. Yes. So it was the Jesuits. Though, though I, the devotion, obviously we know this comes from the cross itself. This is something people would have meditated upon the sayings of Jesus, part of the, the Franciscan history. But it was the, the Jesuits, I believe, according to their own um, uh, stories, is that in the 17th century in Peru, it was a priest who actually for the first time developed these parish missions, these parish retreats to be a Lenten reflection. Okay. And that okay. De- developed from there. So, so the particular it, Lenten devotion, particular Lenten probably devotion, the Jesuits. Being a retreat, being, especially being a Good Friday meditation. So for a yeah. lot of places, I know I went to Francis University of Steubenville. That was something that you could do on Good Friday was they have every hour for seven hours throughout the day leading up to the service. Wow. You could, you, a different priest was giving a talk on one of the seven last words. That's Very really cool. beautiful. 
<clears throat> so you could listen to all of our podcasts on Good Friday. Yeah, yes. And you'd have the same thing. Give yourself a little Good Friday retreat with the Friars. It seems similar to me to even like the the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady that they're like they're they're ancient they're ancient things that people have meditated upon. But then as the, as kind of the 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 devotion to it grows, it gets more and more kind of formulaic and like how it's how it's used and how people pray it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like that with the seven last words. And obviously yeah. they're in the Gospels. People would reflect it on this. And then obviously I think the Franciscans for sure we can we can still of course. give them some credit. Kind Maybe of, the the Jesuits were reading Bonaventure to formulate the no, no doubt. They, no, of course they were. Yes. So, yeah, no so. doubt. I did confirm as well. It is just in Luke that we're reflecting upon. Just in Luke. Okay. Mm. They know not what they do. So there's particular to Luke. Luke's gospel. Luke actually, and Luke and John give the most of the words that we, the most yeah. of where these seven last words are coming from is from those two gospel mm. accounts, so, crucifixion accounts. So I know we've done previous podcasts with the crucifixion account, but let's kind of like set the stage a little bit, like maybe kind of very briefly um, about to kind of like the preamble to like the significance of these words. So what's happening? Um, why is the Lord saying this? What's the, like, what's the context in which he's saying it? Who is he saying it to? Etc. Etc. Yeah. Uh, so in, in Luke's gospel, uh, it's these are the first words that he says from the cross. So we have, you know, I mean, the, you have the Last Supper uh, on Thursday night. He's betrayed in the garden. Uh, you know, he has, you know, been on trial before the, the Sanhedrin. He has, you know, gone before Pilate. Now he has carried his cross uh, and he, he makes his way, as Luke tells us, to, to, to Golgotha, the place mm-hmm. of the skull. Luke tells us that he's being crucified next to, to two criminals, um, and and you know, we're told that you know there's a criminal on his right and on his left, um, and then it's after Luke explains this to us that then he gives us these words of Jesus, um, and he tells us, and Jesus said, "Father, forgive them; they know not what they do." Um, Which is me. We're talking about basically 24 hours of suffering and pain. Mm. I mean, as far as not only. Do we have the the spiritual suffering of taking the sins of the world upon his shoulders, which we see in a particular way in the agony in the garden? But we have the rejection by Judas, one of his closest followers. We have the denial by Peter. We have the condemnation by the Pharisees and Sadducees. And then their physical tortures of he's, he's being slapped, he's being spit at, he's being mocked, he's being ridiculed, he spends a night in a prison. He's brought before Pontius Pilate. He's crowned with thorns. He's scourged. He's given his own cross to carry with a scourged body. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, a devotion would tell us that he actually had either a really bad wound on his shoulder, mm-hmm. a dislocated shoulder, um, as he carried the cross, um, even needing help to, to do it. So he has gone through <laughs> immense. It's kind of the worst physical, night of your life. Emotional. To say the least. Yeah, it's been 24 hours. Spiritual darkness. Of, yeah, it's just, just terrible, terrible physical, yeah. emotional, spiritual, psychologically <laughs> pain. And and yet these are the first words the Lord speaks on the cross. He gets up there. It's kind of like I'm on my throne. Mm-hmm. And I can now speak the words that have been in my heart this whole time. I'm just expressing what's been in my heart towards all the people who've wronged me over the past 24 hours. I also think to, to point out too that it, that it's that's just this pure altruism on the Lord too. That there's times where like I may apologize to a person, but I'm like I'm kind of hoping they apologize too. Like <laughs> we're both kind of in this together. Like we both yelled, we both kind of did the thing, but but the the Lord, the Lord has no reason to like hold it. like he he stands to, he he would be just as right to say Father judge them. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's, there's nothing that, that makes it like necessary that he actually asks like that these people be forgiven, that he is totally innocent. He is the innocent lamb led to the slaughter. Um, so I think that does also show a part of the heart of God that like, that he is so willing 
to extend forgiveness. Yes. That he, and he's so, and he wants, and obviously like, and there's something about the desire of his heart that he also wants that even for the very people who are killing him. Mm-hmm. He even gives an excuse. Yes. He's like, father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Yeah. Like yes. it, it would be enough for him to just say, father, forgive them. Yes. He, but he doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say, okay, father, forgive them. What then is wrong. I forgive them. I, hold, I don't hold the grudge or whatever. He says, but I'm going to get, make an excuse for them. They don't know who I am. They don't know. They don't mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. Because they don't know, Father, forgive them. It's it's this it's this almost adding to the forgiveness by like making an excuse for like how people have acted towards him. I think that that ignorance that that Christ acknowledges that you know I think you know we're talking about the words we want to hear when we go you know yes. before the Lord you know and I think this is certainly you know one of them where where all all of the all of the little ways all of my petty vices the ways in which i might want to stand in judgment over someone or look down on someone or be frustrated with someone or be grumpy with someone and 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 make excuses for these things and or or the ways in which then i might want to just you know feel maybe like a tug on my heart of the lord asking me to do something to 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 extend kindness to to extend patience to extend love to extend charity to to go pray to just slow down to enter into silence and all the ways i'm like no nah, i'm not going to do that i'm not going to do that and and mm-hmm. the ways in which i don't even i don't even think twice about it sometimes you know what i mean you're just my my vicious habits and and i'm not even thinking about like what i'm doing you know the the, the yes. fact that that my sins are um, however small, or however great, have 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 cost the Lord this, and 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 I'm not I'm not even aware of it all the times, and and I don't, and even if I were to be aware of it, I don't think I will ever know what it costs the Sacred Heart of Jesus to to suffer these things. Um, his infinite heart, his perfect heart, his divine heart, uh, and just what it costs him and and I, and I and I'll never know. And so he's right to say like they don't know what they're doing. They could never know what this costs, you know, me and my most sacred heart. I I, I think I don't remember it was in it was in a class. I don't remember what saint said it or maybe it's not a saint, maybe it's a guy just extrapolating from the saints. But it's also like it also shows like a mercy of God too that that he'll actually kind of blind you to like the gravity of your sins that he uh, that he might show you mercy yeah and so like 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 sin does cause like a blindness now now it's a blindness that that the lord allows in his mercy it's not a blindness that we want to be like you, you want to do the things to remove the blinders as best you can but i there is something in the mercy of god that that he allows those people to be like he they don't know he's the son of god like to be ignorant of what they're doing uh to extend his mercy and, and i think a lot of ways like there's something comforting in that, um, Amen. that, that even to, to your point too, but like my own weaknesses and, and stuff like that, um, that if the Lord were also like, if the Lord were to show me all of those at once, mm-hmm. it would totally break me. <laughs> yes. Like, like the, 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 the degree of my own depravity would probably just totally crush me, like to, to the point of just despair. And so even like with that too, like in our own lives, like there is a degree to where like, it's okay to be a little blind, but like, but the also be, be open though. When the Lord does also want to like kind of remove, like shed light on some of the places. And that can be terrifying. It can be terrifying to be confronted with our own sin. And especially in that light too, when you recognize like, oh, like I, I really did choose this. Mm-hmm. I really did choose this. 
Um, but then, but then also to hear those words, but like, I like forgive them mm-hmm. so that, yeah, that, so that it doesn't lead to despair, but it actually leads to like repentance and hope. Yes. In this m- faith. mystery of the Trinity is so interesting as well, because you have Jesus saying, father, forgive them, that it is the Lord who is mercy itself. Obviously co-eternal with the father. Yes. Like the the only difference between the father and the son is the personhood of the father yes. and the personhood of the son. And yet like the son crying out um in, you know, his humanity and his divinity, like father forgive them. Almost as if like I've forgiven them father and we're united together in forgiveness. Yes. Uh, it's this beautiful trinitarian act where the the father son's crying out to the father uh, on behalf of his children. Uh, and yet we know that if Jesus is merciful, then the father is merciful. Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. as if somehow like Jesus is like, well, you know, I'm Jesus. Is like, I'm really wanting to be merciful. I was like, oh, consider Jesus's mercy. It's like, no, they're, they're one. Like there's a unity between the father and the son yeah. um, in being in essence that when we, when we hear the mercy of Jesus, we can, we can presume the mercy of the father in this moment, which is so it's not a, it's not a question. Yeah. It's not a question. Will the father be merciful in this? It's like, no, the father will be merciful because Jesus has cried out that the father to the father to be merciful it's displaying the heart of god in this moment i think that's a great point i think also even like in the gospel parables there's a lot of times where like the lord's like your sins are forgiven but like go forth yes and so like obviously christ could have just on the cross been like like i'm going to have mercy on you like i forgive you your sins but i I love that idea that but he is showing us like the heart of the father uh in his deepest moment that the same way that the son has mercy so too does the father um, in this in this tremendously like vulnerable moment mm-hmm. that should also then allow us to connect with the heart of the father mm-hmm. who desires that mercy on his children. I think it's it's that yeah, Jesus has come to show us the Father. Um and he has, you know, he just he just he talked about it the night before with the the, the with his apostles to the Last Supper that, you know, he who sees me sees the Father and so he's really revealing the Father right now on on the cross in this act, and and just how beautiful it is that the the first words of 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 Christ, the first word to meditate upon is is forgiveness. That that this is what the cross is all about. Yes. That 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 we want to have the 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 courage and the vulnerability to look at our, our shortcomings, to look at our, our failures, to look at our sins. But we what we never ever want to do that without looking at it through the eyes of the Lord, which is forgiveness. Um, and we can only have the grace and the courage to to look at our sinfulness um, through His forgiveness. Otherwise, like you're saying, like you see you know, all the ways in which you actually did choose it. And, and we might despair at that, but, mm-hmm. but he gives us such confidence. Uh, he gives us such, such hope, uh, and such courage because his, his first words as he's hanging on the pr- cross, as he's like gasping for breath, you know, he's, he's dying of asphyxiation is to forgive. No, that's a hundred percent. Right. I think there's something too, like, well, I love that about that. Like the, the cross is about like reconciling us back with God. Mm. That like Jesus came that we may have life eternal, but like life with the father. And so like, so there is something about like, it does reveal like the mystery of the cross is that it's healing the wound of original sin that he's taking it on upon himself um, and that he's reinstating us within that relationship so that we too then can say like, father, forgive me. Yes. Um, That we can echo the words of, of Christ. And it's so fascinating to me too, that like, especially as Christians that like we're baptized into his death. Mm hmm. 
And so like, like this, like, this is the moment, like, like it's the thing that makes you new, like, and like, we have the hope for the resurrection and that's a part of it. It's what kind of gives the power to it. But there's still, there's still like, we're like the catechism, we're baptized into his death. Um, but like in that too, then like we get to like, in this mysterious way, like it's kind of like this dual way of looking at it where we're like, where we are with Christ on the cross, like mm-hmm. forgiving others and doing that. But then also like, we're also then like receiving it as well, like that own forgiveness that I can still cry out to the father. Yeah. Um, but it's just so sad that we, we see right afterwards, people reject this. Like you just hear this, this incredible love, this incredible mercy. And the next thing we read about is the people were just like, they revile um, him. They revile him. Um, they, 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 they take his, they cast lots for his garments. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the, they scoff at him saying he saved others let him save himself. Yeah. Um, they offer him wine. If you're the King of the Jews, save yourself. Um, there's all this just mockery in response to forgiveness. And it's just, it's so sad, but it's so true, you know, in our own lives. I think we ourselves, Brother Paul, I think you pointed out so beautifully, like we, um, if we knew, if we truly knew, if we could truly see the weight of our sin, like our blindness, it kind of allows God to be merciful. And and here's full this full display of mercy that God is showing. And yet the people's hearts are hardened and they, they reject it, that Jesus cries out, Father, forgive them. And it's just, it's a sad, sad um, commentary on the world today. Yes. That just as there was 2,000 years ago, so today Jesus is on the cross saying, Father, forgive them, no matter what they do. And people are um, just it, it's continuing to say, if you're really God, then do this. If you're really the king of the Jews, then save yourself. Then come down from that cross or whatever. If you're really God and just rejecting the true mercy that God's trying to offer in that moment. We see the, you're pointing out the real, like just depravity of man in this moment. You know, they're mocking him. They're reviling him. And, you know, we do a lot of work with people who have experienced um, really awful things have happened to them. Um, and so, you know, does God forgive that? Um, does God forgive like, you know, the like how, how can God like forgive like the rapist and the murderer and, and all of these things? You know, it, it seems like... Um, it's it, forgiveness can be really hard for people because they've been so um, hurt. And then maybe they're, maybe we're encountering Jesus on the cross and he's just forgiving people so freely. And our hearts might be like, well, no, don't forgive them. Like judge them, punish them. Like they, they, they deserve, you know, they deserve bad things. You know, how do we, how do we reconcile that, you know, how hard it can be to forgive sometimes. Um, and, and we're seeing Jesus just do it, you know, so heroically, but it's not easy for us. Yeah. I think just to point out too, like to your point that they're like, Jesus sees the response of the crowd and like, he still kind of like stands on his word. It's not like the next, the next lines were like Jesus calling down fire on all those who reviled him mm-hmm. um, that he like, he like it is. And it is a mystery that he's able to just stay in that place of forgiveness where he really means what he says. And we know that it takes. I mean, I, I don't want to go too much into what we're going to talk about next week, but mm. we know what happens next in the Gospel of Luke after this mockery is that one of the, the thieves receives this forgiveness, that, that what Jesus spoke, it, it affects his heart. No matter where he was, we don't know his history, et cetera, but, but, but the, the, the fact that, that someone in that moment did receive the forgiveness. And for Jesus, that makes it all worth it. Despite all the mockery, despite all the rejection, the fact that there was someone there who was receiving his mercy and forgiveness, and he could look down upon his mother, who mm. he knew more than anyone else perfectly understood and received yeah. forgiveness and mercy. Um, 
even though, I mean, she didn't need it because she didn't sin, but she still recognized the importance she's of un- it. Has, her heart is united uh, with his. Yeah, she, but she, she did receive it in the sense of her immaculate conception, yes. received the grace mm-hmm. of that moment. So mm-hmm. there's this beautiful aspect of, of God seeing, even despite this mockery, people who receive it, and how pleasing that is to his heart in our own lives to recognize in this Lenten season, especially, you know what? Father Jesus speaks the words, am I going to receive him? Who am I going to be at the cross? Am I going to be the ones to reject and mock and say, I'm going to keep going with my life and and kind of I'll get to church because I have to, or maybe I won't go to church, or I'm going to be the person who says, no, I'm going to receive the mercy of God in this moment, in this season. Uh, on that note too, I want to I want to switch it or move the conversation, but just kind of into the sacraments of it too, mm. that I think it's also beautiful to think about that, that even like the Eucharist, while it is primarily like the perfect worship unto God and it's, it's giving God his due. Um, but it is, there is the degree to where like, it is the sacrament of like forgiveness, obviously like, uh, confession is, but that, that, that the priest who in persona Christi, who is the person of Christ, that when he's offering that, that Eucharist, when he, when he raises it, um, that those same words that, that happened 2000 years ago are happening before us mysteriously, that moment in time is there, um, where Christ is saying, father, forgive them. And so just like everyone else, we get to have that moment at the cross where we can hear Christ say that, and we can just unite ourselves to that in the the sacrament of the mass. And then not only that too, but then like reception of the Eucharist does forgive venial sins. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, if you don't have any mortal sin uh, that you're going to mass with, that like once you receive that Eucharist, like, like you are spotless before the Lord. And so then also just to say that those are such holy moments immediately after the reception of communion. And I do think there's times where like we get back to the pews and the kids are running crazy and, and I'm looking forward to the football game next week. And even, even as a religious, it's like daily mass. It's, it's really easy to get too close. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah, well, I do this every day, but then I got to go do this, that, and the other thing. I have all these checklists I have to do. And we can just miss this moment of like tremendous grace where like the Lord forgives our sins and we have the door, we're spotless before him. And it's a really, uh, just give to just be like, be with them in that. Um, and so just with that, and then also just an exhortation to go to confession. And I don't know if you guys want to uh, speak a little more about that or even add some like, and I, I'm just going to keep preaching a little bit, but also just an <laughs> exhortation then and I'm not going to pitch it off at all. Um, but like to really like go to the sacrament of confession, like this Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's four weeks of four weeks, right? Six. There's six weeks. And like, and I would do one of those things too, like, like try going like two or three times this Lent. Mm-hmm. Like go once and then wait two weeks and go again. And I have never met a priest who's ever said no to confession. And I've asked a lot of, I've rolled into parishes and it might be like, yeah, after mass. Um, and even if you find the one priest who says no, go find another one because there's a thousand other ones who want to hear your confession. Um, and it's just like Christ that he's, they're not going to shame you. Uh, they're not going to condemn you. And even if the priest is a little hard in, in the confessional, like, even if you feel like he's not as loving, or maybe he doesn't understand, like, like know that like when the priest says, I absolve you, that it's just like the words on the cross where it's like, I like forgive them, Father. Um, that it's the same thing that it's real and it's happening in your presence and like you're forgiven. Yeah. I mean, so the cleaner your shirt is, the more you notice dirt. Mm. Um, and so if you have like your dirty t-shirt and you get your hands dirty, you just wipe them on the side, you don't really notice it that much. It's a good much. word. Um, but if you have like a really clean, like a wedding dress, mm-hmm. like you notice any little mark of dirt on it. I know in my own life, um, the closer I've gotten to God, the more I recognize my desperate need for confession. Like I actually probably quote unquote needed it more when I was in high school and college. Just there were more sins, you know, bigger yeah. sins to confess. <laughs> there were more pressing sins. More pressing matters. <laughs> my salvation, you know. Yeah. But um, at the same time, like I, I need it more because I just... 
that I, I just see um, life is hard mm-hmm. and I've sinned. And, and it's, it's just, I see this, this need for confession. So I want to encourage you, like the more you go to confession, the more you're going to recognize your need for confession. And so if you're kind of like, ah, I go every once in a while and I go, you know, I need to, I just, I do want to just add to brother Paul, this recommendation, like try it, try it a few times during this Lenten season. Now, at least once a month, try it for you, make a Lenten devotion or every couple of weeks for Lent, you know, six weeks, do it three times just to kind of get in the habit. And I think you'll see on notice with your, with your prayer life that, oh my goodness, like it makes a difference. Like mm-hmm. I like having a clean t-shirt on. I mm-hmm. like having clean. I, I don't like wearing my dirty. You'd never wear the on. same t-shirt for a month. Yeah. I think too, that when we go to confession or if we're just, if we purpose ourselves at the Eucharist to receive the Lord's forgiveness. Um, and then we allow ourselves to, to be forgiven. We allow ourselves to really experience his mercy. Um, <laughs> that our hearts then become more merciful in, in turn. Yeah. And so if you find yourself like struggling with judgments, uh, you find yourself just being like a little harsh or, or cold or, 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 or just not charitable, or there's maybe just like an edge has kind of set itself in, in your personality and some of your relationships. And, and, uh, it's just hard for you to, to just extend kindness or patience. Um, well then experience it for yourself first, um, be forgiven first, be, uh, allow yourself to, to have that mercy come upon you. Um, so that then your heart will be shaped by that mercy, changed by that mercy. Uh, it will make you gentler. It'll make you more patient. It'll make you more kind so that you can then be uh, uh, more merciful in, in turn. I also want to say too that I know in my own life that that the longer I put off going to confession, um, that the harder it actually is to, to like to go there because like the shame of sin compounds itself. And then it's also like the lie of the devil where it's like, well, you've already like, and maybe it starts with little things like, well, I really haven't been getting to prayer a lot. And like, so I like, I just like, even if it's not necessarily like sinful per se, like I need to go confess that. Um, but then it gets easier and easier to start cutting corners. And like, the more we do that, the more we like feel that shame, like the harder it is. And then the more uh, confession actually then becomes like, like I'm really just afraid of hell, um, that I'm not really experiencing like the love that Christ wants to offer me, but I'm actually just ashamed of it. Um, which is like, to, like to still forgive your sins. It's a beautiful thing to do. But then you become like more scared of like what the priest is going to say. And that's why I'm really like, I think we're really encouraging you like to do like go on a more regular basis. So you can move past the point of like, it's no longer just fear of hell or like the shame that's moving you. But like, you really start to notice that like, oh no, like I actually do feel closer to God. Um, And that like, and instead of being ashamed of it, you can just kind of like look at yourself and maybe this analogy maybe lags a little bit, but like, like a little child, like, like, yeah, like the, the diaper needs to be changed more, changed more frequently. And that's something to be ashamed of, but like, but like, it's something I can go to knowing my father's going to do it. Uh, Cause you want to avoid getting diaper rash. You know what I mean? Like it just gets worse the more you sit in it. <laughs> For sure. Um, and so, yeah, like just to say like it, it really helps, but like, but it really does like, like the more I've been able to like build up the, build the, herm, the hermeneutic or like the habitus of like going on a more regular basis. Like, like the, the easier it is to go to confession and not only is it easier, but like, like, man, I remember I, I just wait to hear those words. Like, even if the priest is like a hammer face and I'm like, I'm really kind of ashamed of this father, but like, I really, like you really come to like cherish hearing those words. Yeah. Um, and, and like, and there's a way, like the more you get into it with it, like the more you can like experience that freedom as you do it. So just really encourage you to, I was to try to go three times this land. Like, mm-hmm. and I actually don't think also that it's that much to ask. Like a lot of times like, well, we'll go Monday, like. Like you're, you're already going to mass on Sunday. Um, like you, you can make it work. It's not, I, yeah, I think you just make it work. There's no excuses. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Um, and so this brings it to a close. 
Um, and yeah, and we just we just say with Christ, you know, Father, forgive us for Amen. we do not know what we Amen. do. And yeah. I don't know if we have a question uh, that we're doing anymore. Well, we we you would never finish your your question, and we guessed at his answer. I don't know. We oh, want to hear his right. your fictional want, character who you wanted to have. Oh, who I was going to have? Yeah, have see if our guesses were uh, were accurate. Anywhere accurate. Um, I don't even remember what I guess. I think I remember what I guess. Now, yeah, I know so. what we go. Yeah. We'll see what you uh, what you say, and then we'll hear your comments. Fictional character you, you want, want to have a dinner or coffee dinner with, with? Yeah, movie book. While you're thinking, uh, I know I guessed the bishop from the Miz. That's right. And father guessed. I guess Alyosha from Alyosha. Rose Karamazov. So yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, no, I thought it was Alyosha. Was it uh, Zosima or Alyosha? Zosima. Yeah, it was yeah. one of the two. Yeah. So no, so Zosima and Alyosha actually come into probably Zosima. Alyosha's acting, but he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> You'd want to follow him around, not have a conversation yeah, yeah, with him yeah, there. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like, Zosima would know, dude. He like yeah, reading his right. soul. But uh, the other one might be Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And I get, or the other one, like, like Aslan would be pretty sweet. Yes. Those are both. So he's got Gandalf, I've got Aslan. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we understand perfect. Maybe Laverta then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Right to the source. Yeah. Amen. Um, but no, uh, so thank you for joining us. Uh, once again, make sure to like and subscribe. And we'll be doing this for the next few weeks, going over the seven last words. And Father Anthony, would you close us in a prayer, please? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your forgiveness, for your mercy. Lord, for we know that we've sinned and fallen short of your glory. And we ask for, in a particular way, this Lenten season, we, our hearts be open to mercy, to forgiveness. That we say yes. And we imitate Our Lady's fiat and we say yes to all you have to offer, the many graces and blessings, most importantly, that forgiveness. Um, that we can be hearts that are desiring to be closer to you each and every moment. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. May turn his countenance toward you and give you his peace. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.